Welcome to the Blarney, the official London Irish podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 28 of the Blarney podcast. Coming up this week, we look back over London Irish's pre-season match versus Munster. And we chat to senior academy players Theo Broffy-Clues, Ross Neal and Ollie Curry. Last week, London Irish travelled to Cork to play Munster in the first pre-season game of the season and the first game under new head coach Tom Coventry. In a scrappy first half, London Irish showed promise, Alex Lewington coming close on two occasions, but it was a nice piece of skill from Andrew Conway that proved the difference, with Munster taking a 7-0 lead at the break. The second half saw London Irish make wholesale changes, whilst Munster ran in two quick tries, but the Exiles showed good resolve, fighting back with tries from Alex Lewington and Christian Lewis-Pratt respectively, to leave a final score of 21-15. So Mike, you travelled over to Cork for the game. Uh, Firstly... Can you talk us through some of the new signings and the impact they made? The likes of David Cece, obviously we've seen David as a young lad, but Owen Sheriff and Christian Lewis-Pratt. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that all the new signings gave a good account of themselves. David Cece was starting at eight and was good in the loose and big carries. And, you know, it was him that set up a lot of the opportunities for Lewington in the first half. It was his carries off the base that, forward, that, yeah, yeah, that was given that. Sheriff bossed the lineouts and a lot of communications from him and Simmons in the second round were cleaning out lots of rucks and generating quick ball. Although the first half was low scoring, only one try in it, there was a lot a lot of opportunities and I think it's fair to say that Irish were probably the better team in that first half with more possession. There was a lot of kicking for territory with Theo Broffy Clues and Scott Steele doing really well in the tactical kicking. Um, and also a lot of good scramble defence. It wasn't as clear-cut as just a 7-0 half-time. There are opportunities for both sides, but both teams really defended well. Christian Lewis-Pratt came on in the second half at 10 and on the wing, and you could see his prowess, obviously with his sevens background and his effectively a solo effort from 50 metres out to score his try, which shows great promise when the game breaks up a bit. A player like that can really make a difference. And Dominic Warlock as well making his first start? Yes, Dom made his first start and very solid defensively. Um, which was great for Irish and also going forward and I think it was good for Theo to have someone with his, the amount of experience that he's got outside him linking up well with Owen Griffin who only joined the Premiership last season and those two looked really good together. I guess a key thing to say is well obviously the, the Guinness Pro 12 starts this weekend if I'm correct so Munster have already had two run-outs this was the first run-out for Irish obviously it's going to be a little bit rusty combinations working together for the first time and obviously you're putting it into practice against opposition for the first time do you think Tom Coventry will be happy with where we are, given the circumstances, obviously, we played the game under? I think so. Obviously, you'd have liked to have got a win, but you look at it realistically. Munster, they start their season next week. We've still got six weeks until our start. So the positives are all there to go in at you know, 7-0 down. And when you make 14 or so changes, there's going to be a little time for that to settle in. And you know that played into Munster's hands a bit. They got a couple quick tries, but the resolve was there. The... There were no glaring errors, the set piece looked good, the moves looked good, so it's building nicely and there's plenty of time to put it into practice. We speak to a couple of our senior academy boys um, later on in the, in the podcast, but you know, uh, Johnny Williams, Ross Neal, Ollie Curry, Theo obviously playing 60 minutes at 10, how did, how did those boys fare? I think all the academy players gave a great account of themselves, Connor Murphy having a little stint on the wing, which was uh, probably a bit new for him, but he did really well, really well out there really. There was one particular moment where he was pinned back in his, behind his own trial line and managed to step past three players and get the ball away. So all of them gave great accounts of themselves, Theo and Johnny linking up really well in the midfield, good offloads from Johnny as well. So overall I think you know the likes of Nick Kennedy and Deck and Dodge are going to be very pleased with how their academy boys went. And obviously Nick Kennedy made the trip, obviously the CRE's 
his players fared and I'm sure he'll be you know, ecstatic at the way they performed it, uh, as well. And obviously the squad spent the whole week in Ireland, a mixture of rugby and activities away from that team bonding exercise. How important is that going into a season? There's so many new combinations, 11 new players, three new coaches, you know, great opportunity to go to Ireland and gel together as a team. It is massive. There has, there's been, like you said, lots of change on the pitch and from the coaching side of things. So I imagine it was great to get a week away together, really get to know each other. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to show you some of that soon. We gave Luke Narraway a player camera for the duration of that trip, so we'll be getting some footage out from that soon. So hopefully, hopefully you edit that before it goes live. Yes, we, I'm sure it won't just be a case of raw footage. There'll be plenty that we'll be unable to air. Perfect. And obviously the players are off this week. Uh, the senior, the senior squad that is, obviously having a week off after their their week in Ireland. They come back into the next block as we prepare. We're still sort of six, seven weeks out from the first game on the 18th of October at the Medeski Stadium against Leicester. But what we do have at the end of this month is the Cunningham-Duncombe series, two fixtures over two consecutive Friday evenings. There's going to be a big focus now on building on that month's performance, taking that into Harlequins and really showing, you know, move, showing that they're moving forward and these combinations are forming. Because if we see what Harlequins did against the USA, they look very good. So we know we're, we're in for two very challenging matches. Yeah, we are. They've obviously recruited well over the summer, as have we. Um, and yeah, it'll be a good chance to, as another good barometer, really, a little bit further down the line, a little bit closer to the season starting, and one of our Premiership rivals. Um, down at the Stoop as well, it'll be another great atmosphere, so it'll be good um, for some of the younger lads if the Academy boys get a game, more great experience for them as well. Obviously, tickets are still available for that, and if you purchase a season ticket, those two fixtures are included, so that's just something to be aware of there. So I'm delighted to say that we're joined by three of the club's senior academy players, Ross Neal, Theo Broffy-Clues and Ollie Curry. Boys, thanks for joining us on the Blarney podcast. I guess first we have to start with Munster. All three of you uh, travelled over to Cork and took part in the game. Ross, let's start with you. You came on and played in the second half um, up against you know some notable players, most, most notably probably Francis Saeli. What was it like coming up against a player of that ilk and how did you feel the game went for you personally? Yeah, um, it was it was obviously good to play against players of that calibre. I think once when you come off the bench, you're not really thinking about that. You're watching the game, sort of eager to get involved. So um, I wasn't thinking too much about who I was playing against. Um, more just thinking about my job, try and get that done. Obviously, I came on at the wing for the first twenty, then moves into the centre. So um, it was uh, a little bit disappointing not to get the win. But I think for all three of us, the experience was really good. You get to get forty minutes against the quality side like that, as as you say, the quality players was um was pretty valuable. I think we'll take that through to the next opportunities we get. And Theo, for yourself, you played sixty minutes. This is your first year in the in the senior academy. Obviously, you played a little bit last year in the LV Cup, but again, for yourself to to play at, at, at Musgrove Park in front of a, a big crowd against Munster, Heineken Cup champions of the past, it must have been a great experience. No, definitely, especially as you said, such a high caliber team such as Munster. It's a really good experience to play against players who have been there and done that in the biggest leagues and uh, especially in Europe so it was a really good experience and for the team personally just to put on on the pitch what we've been doing the last eight nine weeks it's really good for us and actually to play that against such such a good opposition no it was really good and did the players inside now you Scott Steele and Brendan McKee when they came on did they, they give you the support you wanted throughout the game as well yeah massively especially from outside as well because that's really a key part of something we're trying to do is communication on the outside so Everyone's helping everyone really. The communication was, was something that we were quite proud of. So um, especially like experienced players such as Brendan and Dom outside me, no, it was really helpful. 
And Ollie, you uh, you played a bit in the in the second row, moved back to the back row. What do you prefer? What's your preferred p- preferred option? Um, definitely preferred a lock. It's what I've uh, been playing for nine years now. I've always a lock. Only last year um, I played a bit of back row, um, so definitely wanting to end up in the row. Um, so yeah, it was great to get that experience in, especially against the, some of the uh, older players Munster had. Um, and uh, Donacro Callahan is known for his chat. Did he give you anything? Um, yeah. Oh, there was uh, no nothing from him. So I was quite lucky, but I uh, did have Skivs next to me, so uh, a good force and a good leader to have next to me, which uh, I think really helped me out throughout the game. Perfect. And I guess for all three of you, we've got new coaches running the rugby program this year. You know, obviously you are young and you've got to manage your own expectations and careers, but does it give you guys a big opportunity to say, listen, let's go out there with the senior players and show what I can do as well and maybe put myself in, in the shot window? Um, yeah, well, definitely this year, um, the academy are in with all the training, uh, so opportunities are there for the taking. Um, big opportunity this Munster, Munster week. We all got to go to Ireland, so I think everyone really took it as well. I think that was a big big game for the academy yeah I think one of the first things the coach said when they came in was um, it's a clean slate for everyone so whether that's your academy or you've been here for 10 years you've got you've got a real opportunity so they say um, if you're good enough you're old enough so I think we're all taking that and uh, trying to run with it and just being an academy player you're always just trying to do your best so if, if you get an opportunity like we did like we did last week we're just going to play as best as we can and hopefully that's good enough to give us some opportunities and obviously you integrate into the senior training sessions do you do your individuals and bits and pieces after training with Kendo and Dodge and Deck yeah that's well that's something we've done all last year as well and that's just part of the sort of academy culture every, t- every single time we finish we'll give it, even if it's five minutes just working on a little thing we'll just make sure we get something and trying that every single time as we're younger we've got a lot more to catch up on so we're always brushing up on little things whether it be Theo's kicking my passing all oh, these yeah. forward stuff, yeah. So uh, yeah, like with a week like yeah, this, when uh, all the first team um, have it off, the academy will still be in, and this is our kind of core time with um, our academy coaches. So they'll watch our game, see what points they think we should work on, and then really get stuck in on uh, working on those. Just literally two or three of us, so it's uh, you get all their attention, um, and then going through all footage. You're not just going through it with the first team coaches. We do have that extra backup of the academy coaches as well. So for me, with uh, Kendo, it's always great. Any line out, any little tips he has, even before game, he'll still be in my ear saying, look for this, look for that. And it always, I think, you know, kind of calms you and just gives you that extra edge going into games. Perfect. And I guess edging towards, obviously, the start of the season, it's delayed for obvious reasons with the, with the Rugby World Cup. But are you all targeting A-League and obviously... Ross and, and Ollie, I know you were on loan at, at Isha last year. Is that going to be the same again this year? Uh, yep, so uh, the Isha season actually starts this weekend. So um, hopefully be in the uh, squad for them. First game against Ant Hill. And then obviously uh, A-League is another big priority. Yeah, I think a- A-League's probably one you really look to because you'll be playing in front of all the coaches here and it gives you that opportunity to impress them. Um, but yeah, down at, going down to Isha every week is helpful as well, just gives you that game time that you might not be able to get every week here. And Theo, for yourself, obviously you've been to South Africa as well back in August. Um, three good games, two wins and a, and a loss to the South African team. But 
talk us through the tour. How was it for you? And obviously, what's the aims for you with representative honours going forward? Um, so it's a really exciting couple of weeks. I mean, it's always it's always awesome to get to play for your country at any any kind of level. So um, no, it was a good two weeks. Um, good three games. I mean, two of them went well results wise, and obviously we followed the last two against South Africa. But um, it's a massive learning experience playing South Africa in South Africa. I mean, we played the South Africa A team as well, so. Um, so you learn a lot from that and you learn about sort of what's inside you not just the rugby a bit of resilient stuff so um, that was a great experience and hopefully going forward um, hopefully this year depending on um, how I play and stuff like that looking to play for the, the under 20s and um, just see how I get on at the start of the year Perfect and as a new member of the Senior Academy Ross and Ollie what are they like as sort of teammates they're looking after you they're showing you the right um, well Housewives. yeah I was going to say actually as a question um, Theo moving out of yeah, home for the first time and uh, into a house with me and Ross however uh, you found that sort of uh, um, you've very much taken me under, under your wing um, Ross more so Ross is more guiding Ollie just has a go at me most of the time um, but on the rugby front um, Ross obviously being a back he's got a bit more experience in terms of playing games and uh, what to, what he wants from a fly half so that's really helpful as well and um, you don't and listen to all that do you? you no not, not at all not at all um, no. <laughs> he's, um, he's a good leader on the pitch so I remember when I was an under 17 he was the under 18 captain so I've taken a few things from that of how he, how he leads uh, by example not so much what he's saying because a lot of times <laughs> complete rubbish but, um, a lot of the stuff he does on the pitch is really good for me as well trying to be a leader as a player Perfect. Listen, guys, thanks very much for taking time out of your busy schedule to, to join us on this podcast, and we wish you all the best for the season. Thanks very Cheers. much. And while the players were away in Munster, it was still busy down at Hazelwood with the Webb Ellis Trophy stopping in as part of its trophy tour. Andrew, a great opportunity to showcase Hazelwood as a facility. How did it go? Yeah, it was a fantastic day. Over 600 people in attendance, supporters and members of the local Spellthorne and Elmbridge community. So a really good day. Obviously this trophy tour, it launched on the 10th of June around the UK and Ireland. There's 100 days to go until the Rugby World Cup and it's visited various landmarks across the country. Obviously Saturday the 29th it came to Hazelwood um, and what a great opportunity. It's a sort of once in a lifetime to get yourself a picture with the Web Ellis Trophy. It's what everyone wants for their, for their scrapbook. So it was a really good day. and. Uh, a real celebration of rugby. We had the uh, a minis festival, so there was t t teams from Staines, London Irish, London Welsh, all competing in a, in a round robin tournament that finished just before the trophy arrived. And obviously, as supporters will be aware, we've got Fiji and Wales here during the World Cup. So alongside the rugby activities, there were musical and cultural performances, including the Fijian war dance uh, and a Welsh choir. Um, and obviously, there was Irish dancers performing. Um, to showcase the club's heritage as well. So a really good day, a real celebration of rugby and culture. Everyone bought into it. Um, and and the, the World Cup trophy tour moves on towards Twickenham, where we'll be on the 18th of September for that England-Fiji game, which promises to be uh, a huge occasion um, for, for, I guess, me and you, Mike, obviously supporting England. But uh, you've got to have a soft spot for Fiji. They'll be here using the facility in the week. So uh, we'd want to see them perform well in the evening as well, I guess, wouldn't we? Yeah, massively. And, you know, it's just around the corner now. Just as you mentioned there, Wales and Fiji using Hayeswood as a training base. How good is that for Hayeswood to have that as sort of, you know, proof of what a facility this is? Well, I guess it's a huge sort of uh, testimony for London Irish, isn't it? I mean, to, to have two world-class teams using this facility 
speaks volumes about where we are and where London Irish train and and, and the the training ground we use. It's it's phenomenal. Um, and to have two teams here during that tournament and hopefully progressing into the knockout stages as well proves that we have a facility that is the envy of a lot of other people. Um, I know Bob's alluded to this, but you know Heineken Mayer came down and he said it was an unbelievable best rugby facility he's seen, and that's a South African. Uh, you know, rugby world cup coach. So you know, it's a, it's a great um, advert for for London Irish and for Hazelwood. And it's not long until the tournament starts. Who do you think is going to walk away with the trophy come the end of the tournament in a few months? Well, for me, you can never discount the All Blacks. All I'm going to say is they've never performed well in in European um, rugby world cups. But Richie McCaw, it's going to be his last tournament. Um, you've got to fancy them as the favourites. In terms of other teams, you, you look at Ireland. Ireland potentially have a really good route through to that semi-final. Um, Paul O'Connell, again, same position as Richard. Of course, it's going to be a huge tournament for Paul O'Connell. Um, and you know, under the tutelage of Joe Schmidt, possibly the best rugby coach in the world with his knowledge and you know the way he reads the game, the way he sets his side up for for games. Uh, they'll obviously be disappointed with the weekend. Um, you know the loss to, to Wales at home, but again, he's you, you get the feeling he's holding something back. He's not showing his, his full card yet. So, I think for me, you know, New Zealand, Ireland, you've got to look at England on uh, at home at Twickenham. They're going to be very difficult to beat. Um, but then you've got you know Wales, Australia, South Africa. I really like the look of um, you know the Scotland team. They've got some, they've actually got some real depth now. So. If they can uh, get out of their group, who knows what might happen. Um, very disappointing, as I say, that for, for Blair Cowan. He's, he's had a tremendous couple of years for London Irish and uh, to obviously miss out on World Cup selection um, is really you know, disheartening for, for Blair. But as he's alluded to on social media, he, he's going to keep working hard and he's not going to let this disappointment hold him back. He's, uh, he's going to keep pushing forward and moving on. So, yeah, there's, listen, it's going to be a, a hell of a tournament, possibly the, the most competitive rugby World Cup we've had. Um, really, really looking forward to it. And you mentioned there the Scotland squad. Obviously, Blair didn't make the cut, but one London Irish player who did is new signing, Sean Maitland. And I'm sure many of our supporters will be in the same boat as us, is looking forward to getting him to see him play. Yeah, I mean, he's got real X factor, he's got real class. He can operate anywhere in that back three. Um, he'll probably play on the wing for Scotland with Stuart Hogg at fullback. But he's a real game breaker. When the game breaks up, you don't want Sean Maitland getting his hands on the ball. Um, it'll be great to see how he gets on because let's be honest he's going to come to London Irish he's going to be competing in a back three alongside Andrew Fenby Alex Lewington Tom Ziojo you know Tom Fowley these are players with real class um, so that back three the competition of places is going to be significant and so we mentioned Sean Maitland there he's one of six London Irish players selected to be in that World Cup we'll just have a little bit on all of them first of all Ben Franks obviously another one of the new London Irish signings loads of experience we bring in lots to the club what do you think he's going to be able to offer New Zealand as they look to retain the World Cup? Probably primarily his versatility. I mean, he's a genuine prop forward who can operate on both sides of the scrum. And, and that having a player who can do that in, in, in your Rugby World Cup squad is hugely significant. So, you know, I'm sure Ben will be vying for that tight head berth with his brother. Um, but you can certainly see Ben playing a big part in that match day 23. Um, you know, huge experience. He had a really good Super Rugby campaign with the Hurricanes. You know, the best team in the, in the tournament, but obviously got uh, 
pipped to the post by the Highlanders at the death. He had a really good year, showed his ability in the loose as well as his solid set piece at scrum and line that time. So, yeah, I expect him to, to play a big and an important role for New Zealand in the, in the World Rugby World Cup. And Jeb Sinclair, obviously selected in the Canada squad. He's been massive for London Irish, he's been massive for Canada. Great opportunity for him to get a bit more caps under his belt. Yeah, it'll be a huge opportunity for Jeb. He's, um, you know, can operate in the back row or in the second row. Um, you can probably see him working alongside sort of Jamie Cudmore in that engine room. Um, but, you know, the Canadians are going to be hugely physical. They're going to, you know, they're going to take the game to every team they play against and they're going to work their socks off. You can be guaranteed of that. So they're going to show real heart, real desire. Um, maybe there might be an upset there. Who knows? Tonga, Halani Alika, massive part of their squad, massive part, again, of the London Irish squad. Had a fantastic World Cup last time round, and I'm sure Samoa will be hoping that he uh, shows that form again. He can be a prolific try scorer. Yeah, he absolutely can, and he, he signed for London Irish off the back of a fantastic World Cup, came to London Irish, leading try scorer in his, in his first year, solid set piece, and obviously then he had his uh, Achilles tendon injury that put him out of the game for, for almost a, an entire season. So Halani's coming back, he, he found glimpses of his best form last year, um, and I'm sure he'll want to have a good World Cup and build on that when he comes back to London Irish. Um, Afisa Trevoranis, named as the Samoa captain, missed most of the PNC through injury, so this will be a great chance for him to really get a grip on that captaincy and lead Samoa out, and they're always a crowd favourite. Yeah, they'll be, you know, they're in a pool with South Africa and Scotland, so you're looking at, you know, South Africa and, uh, and Samoa fight, uh, and, sorry, Scotland and Samoa fighting for that second spot, probably behind South Africa. Um, Afis has possibly been London Irish's best player after the last two or three years, most consistent. You know, he's got a wealth of experience, hugely physical, incredible work rate, perfect man to lead the Samoans, and I'm sure he'll do his, his club and country proud out there. Another one of the London Irish new signings, Asoli Tikaratuma, a big part of their Pacific Nations Cup side, and having not had a, that much game time last season, it'd be great to see him have a good hit out, and for the, some of the supporters who may not have seen him, get a sort of flavour of what he's about as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think Texas is going to be known for short going forward in London Irish. Um, It'll be interesting to see, again, a bit of versatility there. He can play in the centre, he can play on the wing. Very quick, powerful man, um, good handling skills. Again, we saw what he could do at Quinns when he was there last year, um, and he'll want to move forward um, when he joins London Irish after the World Cup. A player that's work, worked with Tom Coventry before. Tom Coventry knows that he can, can get the best out of him. And again, another player, along with the back three I lose to earlier with Sean Maitland, that's really going to be fighting to get a starting berth in a really competitive position where you can only play three of them and there's six or seven vying for, for three spots. So, uh, brilliant for London Irish. Um, we'd love to hear your views on how you think the World, World Cup's going to go and which one of the, of the London Irish players you're most looking forward to having, having a look at. So please let us know on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or across all channels. So give us a follow and let us know what you think. But for now, that's everything for this week's edition of the Blarney Podcast. Please make sure you subscribe and leave us a review so we can bring you the news that you want to hear from inside London Irish. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you for listening to The Blarney, the official London Irish podcast.